listening to the Long Hollow Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry at Long Hollow Church, located in Hendersonville, Tennessee. If you are interested in learning more about us or looking to attend one of our gatherings, you can follow us on Instagram at LHYoungAdults or visit longhollow.com for more information. And now, a message from our Young Adults Pastor, Dylan Young. Good evening, y'all. It is so good to see all of you. A lot of new faces that I don't know, a lot of familiar faces. Man, if this is your first time here, it is an honor to have you here with us. My name's Dylan, and I am our young adult pastor. And man, I want to I wanna get to know you guys, so please introduce yourself afterwards if I haven't gotten to meet you already. Um, hey, tonight, as we kick off our summer, I don't have like a cool, witty story for you or anything to begin with. But as we think about the rich young ruler tonight, maybe a story that you're familiar with even, there are two people that always come to mind for me when I think about this account. And it's two friends of mine that I grew up with. They went to my high school. I lived with one of them for a year after college. They went to UT Chattanooga with me. We were involved in the same ministries. We went to the same church growing up. They led a Bible study together. While they were in college, they talked to all kinds of people about Jesus. This was the type of place where they found their community. They loved their friends, and it turned out they liked Jesus. In different instances, one of them walked into a legitimately difficult situation in life, and after years of looking like he truly loved Jesus, he decided that following God wasn't worth it if it meant he was gonna have to go through difficulties. The other friend, he found a new life that he felt was more exciting to him than following Jesus, and he decided to walk away as well. And I wonder maybe if you have some of those friends too. In fact, I talked to one of you tonight that was telling me you've got those friends that you've had, unfortunately, since you've gone to college or moved out into the real world who used to look like they followed Jesus, but it turns out they really didn't when the rubber met the road. Maybe that's you sitting here tonight. You're in the middle of this process of weighing whether or not you want to continue in this life. You followed high school, your parents have brought you to church all throughout your life, and now you're out in the world and you're trying to decide if this is really for you. And man, what I wanna do tonight is show us how to not walk away from Jesus by pulling some principles away from this man who did. He met Jesus face to face and he asked him all the right questions and decided to turn down the offer when he actually met him. So we're going to study the rich young ruler tonight. You can go ahead and be open up your Bibles to Matthew 19, like Kendall just read. Matthew is back towards the back of your Bible. It's one of the four gospels. Matthew is just the name of the guy who wrote it. When you get to Matthew, you'll notice the big numbers in there are the chapters, little numbers are verses, just helps us keep things organized so we can find things in our Bible. So Matthew 19 is where we are. Man, I, I'm a, I hope tonight as we study really a cautionary tale of this young man that, that you will leave tonight convinced that following Jesus is gonna cost you more than you think and it will reward you more than you could imagine. That's what I hope you walk out of here believing tonight. And no matter where you are in your walk with Jesus right now, I hope you'll walk out of here leaving tonight that, man, it's gonna cost me more than I think, but following Jesus is gonna be more rewarding than I imagined it could be. So if you will, if you're open to Matthew 19, we're gonna start in verse 16. 
this rich young ruler approaches Jesus. Verse 16 says this, just then someone came up and asked him, teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? Let's pray together as we begin. God, thank you for your word who shows us stories of great people of faith. Thank you that it also gives us stories of people that we know we don't want to emulate because Lord, we, we want the answer to this question. How do we have eternal life? And God, I pray that you might open eyes to this truth tonight, that you might open our eyes so that we could see wondrous things in your word. Holy Spirit, would you fill the room? Would you fill our hearts and our minds and teach us tonight? We pray it all in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this rich young ruler, he has approached Jesus one of the other accounts even says he runs up to Jesus and he asks Jesus the question that everyone asks. Whether you even realize it or not, this is the question everyone asks, everyone wants to know the answer to. How do I have eternal life? He's looking for assurance that one day when he dies, he's gonna be in heaven. That he wants to be in the presence of God when he dies. I do too, right? Like this is a legitimate question to be asking. And everybody asks that at some level. And, and really just as we begin, I, I wanna ask you that question. Like he's looking for assurance of this. And I believe we can have assurance, but, but I wonder where you are in feeling this assurance that one day through Jesus, you will be in heaven. So I wanna, if you can think about this on a, on a one to 10 scale even, think in your head, if you were to meet, if you were to die today and meet God, like how confident are you that you would spend eternity in heaven? So think of a number in your head, just one through 10. And what I wanna do, I know it's like the very beginning of the sermon, but I want you to bow your head or just close your eyes for a second. I think of that number in your head. One being, I am not really sure at all that I'll be in heaven one day when I die. 10 being, I know for sure that I will be in heaven when I die. And what I wanna do, this is gonna help me know who's in the room, help me even know how to speak to you tonight even. But I wanna know if you're in that category that is like one to three, like you're, you're really not sure what's gonna happen when you die someday, would you just raise your hand so I can see the one to threes? It's, it's okay if you're a one to three. And we wanna be, be real with where we're at. Okay, thank you guys. You can put your hands down. Okay, if you're in that like four, five, six, like we're middle of the road, not real sure. If you're in that four, five, six area, raise your hand for me. You're, you're really not sure. You hope you're going to heaven one day. Okay, you guys can put your hands down. Okay, seven, eight, nine. Like we're pretty sure one day we're gonna be in heaven, but not certain, like not all the way there. Okay, hands on that one. Okay, you can put your hands down. And give me, if you're, if you're a 10, if you know for sure that you will be in heaven one day when you die. Okay, that's great. Okay, you can put your hands down. You can open your eyes back up. Thanks for doing that. That's, that's good for me to see. I saw a pastor do that recently and I thought that would be really helpful for our conversation tonight. So he's looking for assurance on that question that you just answered. And there were hands all across the scale of that. So we wanna answer that question now. Like I want you to walk out of here tonight a 10. Like nobody wants to be anything other than a 10, right? Even if you raise your hand for nine, like you don't want to be a nine, you wanna be a 10. <laughs> you want to walk out of here for certain that you know you're gonna be in heaven one day. You know, that's, that's the question that deep down everybody is asking themselves. You may even be pushing the question off. You may just be ignoring it and indulging in life, but everyone's asking that question. And you, you're gonna have all kinds of people tell you different ways to answer it. 
the world most of the time is going to tell you just to look internally. You just be you, and that's, that's good. Like, that's the way you should live, and that'll lead you to heaven one day. That makes, that makes sense to the world, right? And uh, what we're going to see here, whatever you think about Jesus right now, at the very least, man, this guy's a really significant historical figure, right? We can all agree to that. So we need to know what he would answer this question by saying. We need to know Jesus's answer to this question. So he asked him, how do I have eternal life? In verse 17, Jesus answers him, why do you ask me about what is good? He said to him, there's only one who is good. And y'all, there's an endless sermon to be spoken there. I wish we had time for that tonight. We're gonna gloss over Jesus being the one who is good tonight, but we're gonna keep going. If you want to enter eternal life, keep the commandments. I hope that strikes you as a little bit of an odd answer from Jesus. Cause y'all, this is like my parents in Knoxville, they, when my sons go visit them, they have a T-ball set, right? Like they got the tee up, they got the little plastic ball and a giant plastic bat. It's like, how do you, you can't miss just about, but my boys are little, right? They're still learning. Every now and then they're winding up and they're with all their might, they're whacking the tee, right? Like they just totally missed the ball and they hit the team, the ball just falls to the ground. It feels like this is kind of what just happened here with Jesus, like, Jesus, you were totally teed up here. Like I've had very few scenarios in life where somebody's approaching me saying, hey, how do I find salvation? Like that's, that's, that's the dream scenario for any of us who follow Jesus, is for somebody to come and ask us that, like Jesus, man, you could have gone three circles method. You could have gone four spiritual laws or the Romans road. Paul hadn't written Romans yet, but I mean, you could have come up with the Romans road on the spot and presented it to him. Like you could have gone about this a whole lot of ways. And this is probably not the route I would have taken. Like I probably would have said, man, you know what? That's a great question. And you are actually asking the right guy. Cause I'm, my name's Jesus. It's great to meet you. And here's what happened back at the beginning. God created the world perfect, but then sin entered the picture through Adam and Eve. And man, that separated people from God, right? And God required a sacrifice to get back into communion with him, to be back in right relationship with him. So all throughout history, you've seen people making these sacrifices to God, right? Because our sin separates us from him. But here's the good news. I'm actually going to die very soon. And I'm gonna be that sacrifice for you that once and for all sacrifice so that you can be back in communion with God. Cause here's the good news. I'm going to rise from the dead and I'm going to take away all that the power of sin and death have over anybody's life. That's how you have eternal life. That's the answer, right? That's, that's the truth that I hope you will put your trust and your faith in, but that's not the answer Jesus gave. Like what's going on here. There's got to be more to the story. If this is the answer he gives him initially, he's going for the guy's heart. Like he's going real deep with him. Let's keep reading how this conversation goes. Verse 18, he's told him to keep the commandments. Which ones, he asked him. I personally think that's a funny question. Like why would the answer not be all of them? Like why do we just get to pick and choose which ones? But in fact, Jesus answers him, right? Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. I have kept all these, the young man told him. What do I still lack? So we're getting a little bit deeper into this conversation. We're getting the profile of this man who has just asked Jesus this question. He asked him the perfect question, right? And really, if we look more at his life, it seems like this guy was legit, like following God. And I believe him when he says, 
I've, I've kept all these from my youth. Now, if he's thinking he's been perfect at it, I'm probably not. But I think this guy is legit in saying like, man, I've been trying to follow God my whole life. Like I've been trying to keep all these commandments because you'll see later a reaction that the disciples have to this situation and they believe him. So I, I believe him here that he's not lying about how he's been living his life. So if that's true, he's got great financial wealth. He's also got great spiritual wealth too. Like he, he knows what's going on. He seemingly has a good attitude. He's asking the right questions. He has enough spiritual sensitivity to realize, man, I've been living this way, but there's still something missing. Like he's got enough sensitivity to realize there's something missing in his life. Like ladies, this is the guy that your parents are hoping you bring home to them. This is him. He's wealthy, he loves God. What more could you ask for? Like this, this is the guy they're hoping you bring home. What does Jesus tell him to do? He said, yeah, keep the commandments. That's how you do it. And, and he even actually picks out a few. Like I said earlier, I hope that strikes you as a little bit odd for Jesus to be saying like, man, that feels real legalistic. And I thought Jesus was kind of the opposite of legalistic. So again, we gotta ask what's going on here. And here's a Bible reading principle for you. When you are reading Jesus's words in one of the gospel accounts, there is always, always, always more beneath the surface. He gives you, with his actual words, he gives you the tip of the iceberg. And man, he wants you to go wrestle and search out the treasure that is buried underneath his words. Jesus, I mean, most of the time he answers a question with a question, right? He very rarely just gives somebody the answer. He wants us to wrestle with this and to do the work, to count the cost of following God, right? Because here's the, here's the real answer that's buried underneath, I think. He, if you look at your footnote at the bottom of your Bible there, he's quoted from Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. Three of the five books in the Old Testament that make up what's called the Torah. So that's like the book they would have had to study at this time. This guy probably hasn't memorized, if we had to guess. He probably has the whole thing up in his head somewhere. So and he's quoted from three of the five. Okay, Genesis, not a whole lot of commands in there. Numbers, really repeating a lot of commands. So in those five books, I think he's saying, man, you gotta follow all of the Torah. It's not just these six that I just said. There are actually 613 commandments in those five books, right, that you gotta follow. So brother, you gotta be perfect like 613 times all day, every day. That's what he's telling the guy. And in his innocence or maybe his ignorance, he says, okay, got it. Like what's, what's like there's gotta be, that can't be the answer, right? Jesus, like, check, I got it, what's next? He knows there's something missing. And his conclusion, what he's good at, is really what he's leaning into, is following the rules. So he thinks, okay, there's gotta be, I know there's something missing, there's got to be another rule to follow. And y'all, what Jesus is trying to show him, what he's trying to show us, because this has been me at times, just following the rules. That was my Christianity for a long time making sure I was the good guy. What Jesus is trying to show us is, man, there's not another rule to follow. There's actually a man to follow, and it's me. And rather than more rules to follow, there's a man to follow, and his name is Jesus. And he was not ready for that answer because that's an answer that no one expects. And he's asking the question that everyone asks, and Jesus gives him an answer that no one expects. Now, for this next section, I'm going to switch over to Mark's account here for as Jesus gives him this answer that he's not expecting. Mark 
catches some, of the, some more of the emotion of this scenario. And I think it's important here. And I want to make sure you see it too. So in Mark chapter 10, you don't have to turn there. I'll, I'll, I'll have it here for you. But Mark chapter 10, verse 21, it says, I've kept all these from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, Jesus loved him and said to him, there, there must have been a look on his face There must have been something that Mark could just sense there of Jesus when he says Jesus loved him before he said this. Because I think what's happening is Jesus, he knows what I'm about to say to you is going to be real hard and it's going to go for exactly the right spot in your heart that needs to change. And it's going to hurt. (laughs) It says he loves him and he said to him, you lack one thing, go sell all you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Then come follow me. But he was dismayed. He went away grieving because he had many possessions. Y'all, you may have said this before, but in my house, a lot of times, Rachel and I, one of us will ask the other one a question and our response to begin with will be, babe, don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to. And that's exactly what just happened here. He asked the question, And he didn't really want to know what the real answer was because the real answer is, rich young ruler, there's a problem with your heart. (laughs) To, to, To enter heaven one day, to have eternal life, there's something that's got to change in your heart and here's what it is. Jesus puts his finger right on the wound. We'll talk about more in detail why he walked away in just a second. But in short, he loved his stuff. He loved his comfort. He loved the life that he knows right now. He couldn't imagine laying those things down. There was no category in his mind for life really looking any different than he does, except for maybe adding a rule or two that he knew Jesus was going to tell him. You know, the, the, think about this. The rich young ruler, he has everything. He has wealth. He has youth. He has people under him. He's got it all. And what this guy has just told him is, man, actually what you need to do to enter eternal life is, is leave all that behind and I need you to come follow me, a broke, homeless rabbi. And man, he can't, he can't fathom it. He can't fathom the thought of life looking so drastically different than it does right now. And he walks away. He can't, he can't imagine life looking that way. You know, what we've been saying from the beginning, following Jesus, it's gonna cost you more than you think. And it's going to be more rewarding than you could imagine. And that's what Jesus is about to tell his disciples. The guy asks the question that everybody asks. Jesus gives him an answer that no one expects. And what we find here is the disciples who have been watching this whole scenario, they're asking this question of what just happened here? And it begs the question for us, like, why do people walk away from Jesus? Why does that happen? When it seems like when you've got that friend who has walked away, you, you're left wondering like, how? Like what it looked, life looked so good. Like what happened that you walked away? And I think in the next part of this account, we start to get some answers. And as we look back on this story, we can, we can look a little more in depth into why people walk away. So back in, back in Matthew, Matthew 19, I'm over in verse 23. Here's, so the man's walked away. Jesus turns to his disciples and the disciples are like, what was that? Like, what, what just happened in that scenario? Verse 23, Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, 
it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Verse 24, again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. He's just using hyperbole here. Like giant animal, tiny object. Like it's really, really difficult for somebody who's comfortable, who thinks they have it all to enter the kingdom of heaven. They don't see their need for Jesus. Verse 25, when the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked, then who can be saved? This is why I believe the rich young ruler. They just watched this scenario happen and they're like, that guy's not in? That, that guy's not gonna enter into eternal life with you? Like if he's not in, who's in? I think his life looked really good, but Jesus was not really a part of it. <laughs> Keep reading. Verse 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Then Peter responded to him, see, we've left everything and followed you. So what will there be for us? And you gotta love Peter's honesty most of the time, right? Like I think Peter's hearing this like, hmm, like we're in, right, Jesus? Like we're we're good. Says we've left everything like you told him to do and we're following you. Like, are we, what's for us? What is the deal here for us? And I imagine Jesus, I mean, y'all, total speculation, but I wonder if Jesus is like, Peter, chill. Like, you're okay. Here's his response to him. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you in the renewal of all things, when the son of man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. That's what the disciples get. That's not for you. You don't, you don't get the throne later. Don't, don't leave later saying, man, if I follow Jesus, I got a throne waiting for me. That's for the disciples. Verse 29, this is for us. Verse 29, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. Now, could it really be this simple that the answer to that question of how to have eternal life is follow Jesus, follow Jesus. That's consistently what he invites people into, right? Follow Jesus. And he says, I'm gonna reward you. Like, this is a, this is a good trade. I'm gonna reward you a hundredfold on these things that you left behind to follow me. So, so what happens here? What happens when people like, This guy was face-to-face with Jesus. He saw the guy. He knew he was the guy he needed to go to to ask this question. He gave him the answer. I mean, why does he walk away? Here's why I think he walked away. Because he stopped listening when Jesus said, go sell. (laughs) He heard that and he didn't hear, you're gonna have treasures in heaven. He didn't hear, follow me. He just heard, go sell your stuff. He said, no. I'm out on that. Like if I gotta sell my stuff, I don't, think, I don't think this is what I'm looking for. People hear the cost and they never get to the benefit of following Jesus. Now, what have we been saying this whole time? Following Jesus, it's going to cost you more than you think, but it's gonna reward you more than you could imagine. So why do people turn him down? Why have you turned him down? Why are you wrestling with it right now maybe? Why have you turned out like, what's that one thing that still has its grip on you? You may think you have a grip on it, but it has a grip on you. What is that one thing? I want to give you a few observations of how this happens. 
Uh, I think we can pull all of these from the story that we've just read. Here, here's why people walk away from Jesus. This is certainly not an exhaustive list. There are myriad reasons, but here's a few that we see in this story. The first reason people walk away is because they've outgrown a childlike faith. Now you may be saying, where in the world did that come from in this text? Okay, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all include this story in their gospel account. Every single one of them, the story just above it is one maybe you're familiar with again, but it's when there are children coming to Jesus and the disciples are like, hey, get the, get the children away from Jesus. Like, leave him alone, let him, let him be. And Jesus says, no, 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 let the kids come. Like, this is the type of people that are gonna inherit the kingdom. People that have childlike faith like this, they're gonna be the ones who are in the kingdom, that are in the kingdom now even. And I think, I can't help but think, but those three gospel writers, they put that right before this story on purpose. So you've got childlike faith in your head and then you go and look at this rich young ruler and think, man, what, what did his life look like? Did he have childlike faith? Like, I think there's some, some comparisons and some contrasts we can see there. So I've tried to think, I have the benefit, as far as I know, I'm the only one in the room that has kids. I have the benefit of looking at this passage through their eyes a little bit. And I've tried to think like, what does a childlike faith look like? And what does the rich young ruler look like here? And again, these are just, these are my observations, but here's some of what I think the rich young ruler had going on in his life that kept him from following Jesus. So as a caution to you, but maybe even a way that you can encourage others to, to break down some barriers. A childlike faith starts out as unconditional. Like my boys don't come to me with a list of demands in the morning for them to, for, for them to love me, right? But the rich young ruler, he came with conditions to following Jesus. He, he didn't, maybe even unintentionally, you may not even realize his conditions were there, but he had conditions that he brought with him. A childlike faith is trusting. You got kids, they're gonna trust whatever you say for the most part. Now they're gonna ask why sometimes too, which honestly is what the rich young ruler should have done when Jesus told him to go sell everything. But they trust you, kids trust. The rich young ruler came again, maybe unintentionally, but skeptical. I think that's something that we see a lot in our culture today. Like, man, I'm gonna I'm check out Jesus, but I'm also looking for an out. I'm looking for something maybe he says in there that I don't like. Um, it's not, you're not coming with them. Man, what, what if life, what could life look like following Jesus? We come, people come with a skeptical attitude, childlike faith. Man, it's gonna look like dependence. <laughs> Again, kids are totally dependent on their parents for everything. They're dependent on the community around them. The rich young ruler was totally independent and he's just looking for one more rule to follow. He's been able to afford everything by himself his whole life. He's totally independent. Childlike faith is free. Man, you wanna see freedom? Come to Legacy Park about noon every day. All the young mothers with their kids on the playground. That's freedom. Like the kids are free because they trust their parent who's brought them to this park. They know mom's there, so they're free, man. They don't, they don't fear anything. The rich young ruler, man, he probably didn't even realize how bound he was to his possessions. <laughs> he never had anybody ask him to give anything up before. And the first time they did, man, he stuck with it. Again, he, he didn't realize, he thought he had his stuff, but his stuff had him. The last one, and this, I've, I wonder if maybe this is some of where the rich one really, really got off. Kids have a wild imagination, right? Like stuff that comes out of my boy's mouth, it's like, where in the world did that come from? They have a wild imagination. They can think up anything. They can imagine anything life could look like. The rich young ruler, 
in reality, had a really limited imagination. He could only think of life really the way it is. He couldn't imagine life looking different than man, rich and young and ruling. He couldn't imagine being a follower. He couldn't let his mind even go there. Man, what does scripture tell us, right? Like, God will do more than you could think or imagine. That's what we've been saying this whole time. Y'all, I'm sure you could come up with a longer list than that if you spent some time thinking about it. But I wonder if this is some of what the writers of this story want us to get. And when we think about this, this is some of why he walked away. He didn't have a childlike faith. Another reason people walk away, you think Jesus is something that you can add or something you can do with your life. Now this, some of you may have heard that longtime New York City pastor, Tim Keller passed away a couple of weeks ago. And I I listened to him preach this passage and this is totally one of his points. I thought it was brilliant and I wanted to include it here for you to hear. Jesus is not something that you can just add to your life. Like he, the rich young ruler thought maybe Jesus could tell him that one more thing his life needed in order to be complete, in order to be perfect. Now Jesus is not the cherry on top of your spiritual resume. Like he's, he is not the final piece of the spiritual puzzle. He refuses to share the throne with anybody else, you or your stuff or anything else you wanna devote your life to. He's not going to share that. Jesus is either king or he's not. There is no second option. He's king, he's not. No, that's, that's the way Jesus works because y'all following Jesus is not a process of spiritual addition. Following Jesus is a process of total spiritual transformation. Like starting to follow Jesus doesn't make you a better person because you've got this new thing in your life. It makes you a totally new person. It's not something you can just add to your life. Jesus is your whole life. You don't get to just add him to it. Jesus is not something you can do with your life. What do I mean by that? You can't be good enough at following the rules to save yourself. Like Jesus can't give you one more thing to do to get your eternal life. It's not something you can do to save yourself. The rich and ruler thought he could do enough to get into heaven. He might have thought of he can, he might have even thought he could buy his way into heaven. I don't know. But but let me let me help you think about it this way. If God asked you, and I want you to actually think of an answer in your head for this. If God asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would your answer be? Just think about that in your head. You gotta answer God why he should let you into heaven. What would your answer be? Friends, if your answer is anything other than Jesus, you're trying to do enough to get into heaven. Jesus is the only answer to that question. If if your answer is not Jesus, you're trying to do enough to get into heaven. See, Jesus points out this faulty way of thinking here. So the rich young ruler, he's trying to earn his way and he's trying to do enough. Jesus calls out the faulty way of thinking by actually giving him something to do. He gives him that one more thing to do, to be perfect, to be complete. And what does it do to him? It breaks him. Like he walks away grieving. He gave him one more thing to do to be complete, to be perfect, to punch his ticket to heaven, and he couldn't handle it. Because friends, you can't carry the weight of perfection. You can't do it. But the good news is Jesus already did. Jesus already carried that weight of perfection for you. And he he loved this guy because he's looking at him thinking, man, I already did it for you. 
Your answer is not another rule. Your answer is me. That's why he loved him looking at him. Some, some of you tonight, you need to stop trying to follow all the rules and stop trying to be perfect in and of yourself and just start following Jesus. I hope maybe there's even a weight that's lifted hearing me say that. Like, it's not about your perfection. It's all about Jesus's perfection. And the last way I think, last reason I think people walk away from Jesus that we see here in this passage is just simply, you love your stuff. You love your stuff and you can't imagine life without it. You can't imagine somebody asking you to give up whatever it is. The, the rich young ruler couldn't let go of his stuff. Like, think about it. He was actually talking to Jesus. He got the actual answer to the question everybody's asking, walked away from it because he had some stuff that he wasn't willing to let go of. And I wonder if that's some of us in the room tonight. Maybe you're even wondering like, why would Jesus ask me to give something up? Why, why would he ask that of anybody? Why would he ask me to give something up to start a totally new lifestyle? Man, it's because this, if you'll believe it, Jesus wants more for your life than you do. He wants you to have a more abundant, more fulfilling, more joyful life than you do. I mean, I think like, that's what we all want, right? Jesus wants it infinitely more for you. He wants that life for you. That's why he asked you to give things up. He sees how bound this man was to his money and to his possessions. Man, he said, you need to be free of that. There's freedom in following me, right? And what was his answer there at the end of Matthew? Like, everybody who gives your stuff up to follow me, well, whatever it is that God's probably bringing to mind for you right now, that's keeping you from going all in with him, whatever you give up for him, man, he's going to reward you. He's going to leave you and lead you in ways that are fulfilling. He says he'll reward you a hundred times over. And y'all, I think he's talking about this life. He says, I'll reward you a hundred times more and you'll inherit eternal life. Like you get eternal life. I mean, you get a hundred times more now. Though This is not a guarantee of financial wealth. It's not a guarantee of any of that type thing, but it is a guarantee of, man, when you follow Jesus, you are all of a sudden rich spiritually because your treasure becomes Jesus. I mean, you have all of Jesus that you want. You are rich spiritually when you start to follow Jesus. Lean into, maybe some of you need to lean into that childlike imagination that we were just talking about saying, man, what if I did give up that thing, that one thing? What if I did walk away from that? Maybe I'm missing out on something. Maybe I'm missing out on life that Jesus wants to bring me. Maybe that's possible. And open your, open your mind up to the, to the possibility of following Jesus and how good that life could be. So let's finish real personal, just like Jesus did with this man here. What is that thing that you know, if this was you in this scenario, you know it's the thing Jesus is gonna go after. You know it's the thing Jesus is gonna point out in your life. You know it's the thing Jesus is gonna say, this one thing you lack, here's the thing I need you to give up in order to go all in on me. What is that thing? I think if you're honest and asking that question, he'll point it out to you. This guy asked the question, Jesus pointed it out to him. I think you'll do the same 
for you, but man, here's how this scenario looks a lot of time. You, you feel Jesus is leading in your life and it's, man, Jesus, I would follow you, but I really don't wanna give up my friends. I know they lead me into places I don't wanna be, but I don't wanna give them up. And Jesus, I don't wanna give up this, this relationship that I'm in that, and the sex that comes along with it. I don't wanna give those things up. And why, why are you asking me to give stuff up? I don't wanna give up my money and my stuff. I don't wanna give up pornography. Like, why are you meddling, Jesus? Why are you trying to get all up in my life? Why are you trying to control things? I don't wanna give up my popularity, my followers. I don't wanna give up my summer. I don't wanna give up, maybe this is the one that hits home for everybody. I don't wanna give up my dream of what life might look like. Like what if Jesus was saying to you, like, hey, this is what you thought you were going to college to major and this is what you thought your career was gonna be later. I want you to give that up and I want you to go this route. Are you willing to give that up? Are you willing to give up if, he, if you've got the dream, like it is in your head already, the man or the woman that you're gonna marry and Jesus says, man, if you'll, if you'll trust me, I want you to give that up and I want you to live a life of singleness. Are you willing to give up the dream of what your life might look like? I don't, I don't know what your dream is, but man, would you, would you trust Jesus enough to even give that up if he called you to it? Whatever that dream of your life might be. I know, I know it feels like a lot, like you can feel the weight of, of how it hit this rich young ruler in this text. I know that stuff is heavy, but man, here's the opportunity we have tonight. Like the offer is on the table. Offers on the table to follow Jesus, to go all in with him. If you trust him, that he wants more for your life than you do. If you'll trust him that following him is good. If you'll follow him and trust him that he's gonna lead you to places that are way better than you could come up with. If you'll, if you'll trust him enough to believe that it's true that, man, I realize now like following Jesus is gonna cost me more than I thought it would, but I also believe that following Jesus is gonna be more rewarding than I ever imagined it could be. That's the offer on the table tonight. I wanna pray for you. If you would go ahead and, and bow your heads as we begin to pray. And man, I wanna pose that question to you. Um, man, if there is, I wanna just pray over you. Like if there is something that for sure the Lord is pointing out in your life that he's saying, man, I need you to, I need you to give that up. I need you to walk away from that and walk towards me. Like if there's something that's coming to mind right now, I, I just want to pray for you. You're not confessing this to me or anything like that. I wanna pray over you. If there's something that's coming to mind right now, would you just look up at me so that I can see you and pray over you? Thank y'all for being open to that. I just wanna pray for you guys. Guys, believe that God is going to reward your obedience to him. Believe that, believe that. You can, you can put your hands back down. And hey, if there's, if there's anybody who's saying, man, I've never even gone all in with Jesus. Like I've never trusted him at all. I've never put my faith and my hope in Jesus to be my savior, for him to be the way I find eternal life. If you want to do that tonight and you've never done that before, would you look up at me so that I can pray over you too? Is there anybody that wants to start following Jesus right now? And I'll wait just a moment longer. I want you to fight whatever that voice it is in your head that is keeping you from 
looking up at me, if that's where you're at. Maybe, that, maybe there's some pride even, I don't know, um, that's, keeping you from, that's keeping you from admitting your need right now. Thank you, guys. I see you. Hey, here's what I want you to do tonight as we close. If that, if that was you, either of those scenarios, or if something comes up later, like, please come find me. Please come find me and talk to me. Find Carrie and talk to her. And find, find somebody and talk to them. And look, if you're trying to follow Jesus, if you're trying to do it really for the first time, we want to help you do that. Well, we don't just want to, I don't just want to see you raise your head up and look at me in this moment and then good luck. Like, that's not how we're going to do things around here. Like, please tell us so that we can help you find community, find other people to be around that are following Jesus. Find whatever it is that you need to help you walk after Jesus and to trust him enough to follow him. God, I pray in this room right now that you would break down any barriers that are keeping people from totally trusting you with their life. God, thank you for the folks who were willing to even admit to me that you're pointing something out or to admit to me that they need to start following you. God, I thank you for the ways that you're working in our lives right now. Lord, I pray that in the next few days that you would keep bringing things to mind, that you would give us a boldness through your Holy Spirit to drop whatever it is that is holding us back, to drop whatever that thing is that we're trying to keep from you that we really, really want to hold on to, even though we know that life following after you is gonna be better. And Lord, we look forward to you proving yourself trustworthy in the days ahead. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for the salvation that we have through you. We pray it all in Jesus' name, amen.